1: Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at TaylorConstructionEquipment.com or call 662 446 1048. Now get ready for thunder and lightning.
0: This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for joining us and starting your weekend here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive through over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. A little weird, Robbie, if uh Brupolo was in DeSoto. That would be a little weird. Like to guess what county DeSoto's in?
2: I'm gonna guess it's not in DeSoto.
0: <laughs> You're correct. You're trying to trick me. I was. Um all through my my
2: my ruse,
0: my clever attempt to deceive you.
2: Is it in North Mississippi? It is not. Is it in South Mississippi?
0: Uh South Centralish Mississippi, yeah. So it's, it's kind of pine
2: Okay. Um. I'm yeah. So would it be in like Franklin County?
0: No. It's in Clark County.
2: Okay. So
0: there you go.
2: Did her did Hernando DeSoto come through Clark County and go I mean, to On his way to the Michigan?
0: <laughs> Well, back then, it was La Fish Camp de Longs.
2: There you go. No, because the Spanish found it. Still had some great catfish there, I bet. I
0: bet it did. Ah, wherever you are in our great state, if you want to enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning, now I want catfish. Great job.
2: (laughs) Just call up the good folks of Superior and get something rolling here.
0: I should have, we should have like a catfish signal, like the bat signal. I should be able to hit a, a switch. There's a light in the sky, and then somebody brings me some catfish.
2: Brent just walks to the door with a whole pan. Just yeah. sets yeah. it on your...
0: Set it there. Bring me a bottle of hot sauce. Walk away. Let's go. I don't think I think it should happen. Wherever you are in our great state, if you want to enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning, it's a click away. StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. Don't forget, Strange Brew Coffee House is a Bulldog initiative supporting business. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you're looking for. They've got all the logos that you want. they got the brand names that you want. They've got stuff for your house, for your car, for your tailgate, everything Mississippi State's right there at College Corner. Two locations in the Jackson area, Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Floyd by the Half Shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler is Starkville's flagship restaurant. Lunch, dinner, Sunday brunch, it doesn't matter. The best meal in town is at Restaurant Tyler. This weekend, if you can get there for Friday night for a great dinner, steaks, chops, pasta. And my favorite dessert in town, the stuffed pancake. If you can make it there for Sunday brunch, you can probably, you know, you're going to enjoy yourself just as much. So make it a trip to Restaurant Tyler this weekend. It's always a special occasion when you're eating at Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout central Mississippi here to serve you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the location nearest you and start a relationship with your local bank. That's going to pay dividends for you in the future. Banking locally, shopping locally, eating locally, it's all connected. It's all about having strong communities and Priority One Bank is a part of that relationship. So if you haven't already, find out what Priority One Bank can do. Give look them up online, priorityonebank.com. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. It's funny. I just ate lunch, but now I want now I'm still hungry. That's that's that's, that's the curse of being fat, Robbie. <laughs>
2: You're always hungry. I'm
0: always hungry. Down to 297, though. Is that, is that right there? All right. That, yeah. So, dropped a couple Congratulations. Damn, it's, yeah, it's a process.
2: It is a process. I say daily battle. I mean... The toughest thing about, um, like, controlling your weight is it, food.
0: It, it, it's 100%. Like, I mean... Like,
2: it's what you eat. It is, like, absolutely what you eat. Well, it, it's...
0: It, we're we're going to go off the weeds here for a minute, but that's fine. Because maybe somebody's listening that wants a little motivation. Maybe I can help them. It's it's about like food makes you feel good, right? Yeah. You know, it's pleasurable to eat good food. And you know, sometimes you know, i will be telling you, I'll be the first one to tell you when I'm feeling down, I want to eat because it makes me feel better. So yeah, it's it, it's it's all it's all mental. You know, it's all mental. And if you if you really want to do it you can do it and if you don't you, you don't and I, I, it was a long time i would try to do it and i would get to a point and then i'd be like i don't want to do this anymore so far i haven't reached that point yet but i'm I'm feeling good but i mean you think about like i mean it's it's we're, we're coming up on the 10th month of the year so you know 300 days basically i guess 270 odd days i could tell you exactly if i hold on i've been tracking my calories here i, I have to undo this but Two hundred and sixty nine days. Yeah, what are the odds? What are the odds of that? Um, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's. I, I've made it very process oriented. You know, I keep the same process. Kind of try to keep that every day. I I go for a walk. I eat breakfast. Breakfast is just a bowl of cereal. I eat a a, 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 what I would consider a small lunch. The average person probably consider it a big lunch. Today I had a. Regular size chicken fillet from Jersey Mike's, six hundred and ninety calories. Uh, and then I eat dinner. I don't eat snacks. I don't eat after dinner. We're done. If I want, but that being said, if I do decide like as part of dinner, I want dessert. I'll have dessert. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't starve myself and stuff.
2: Toughest thing for me is dessert.
0: You just got to like have a small thing
2: of it. Love I Love sweets. I, I mean, yeah, man
0: like for this weekend uh you know i cook every weekend and i was like this weekend i'm i wouldn't you know just it's it's not anything special it's one of those the turtle pies that you get in the uh the frozen food section Mm -hmm. i want a slice of pie so i'll have a slice of pie last week i had some blueberry cheesecake it was delicious yeah but
2: i feel like like i feel like this like uh life is so cruel because for 10 years i could not gain a single pound (laughs) yeah and i was sick and i didn't yeah, enjoy didn't food. it yeah uh, like i ate i i would eat like crap like i would eat like you know chocolate and stuff like that yeah. and that was okay or whatever but you know i always had to kind of pattern everything i did around you know what am i eating what's safe for me to eat because mm-hmm. i could be sick all night i don't know yeah and then you know you find out you got some gallbladder issues. You know, I got some things like stomach-wise. I get that fixed. I feel great, and now I can enjoy food. Well, with that now, I'm I gain weight. Yeah. So I go from 155 pounds to you know 215. Yeah. Which is you know a healthy look for me. Yeah. I mean, you're six Yeah. Like I was.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Last night I was looking at an old video that I did on Facebook when I was doing the weekly live uh, Facebook yeah. lives on Bulldogs four/ sevens facebook mm-hmm. and i i look so sick yeah that was in 2017
0: mm-hmm.
2: i weighed 155 pounds mm-hmm. my face was like sunken in uh you know I, you could i thought that was <laughs> <some> meth <laughs> there was an old miss <laughs> band that called me um meth jake owen one time that was that was probably the uh, that was probably the best that was probably the that was probably burn. the best insult I've ever gotten.
0: That's a good burn. You got you. Yeah.
2: But after that, you know, I, I immediately gained like 20 pounds in the next few months and I got up to a healthy weight. Well, then you get up to a good weight and you want to start losing some of that because. So tough. Getting out of shape. So I've had to, that's what I've had to work on in the last few months. So it's just, uh, it's cruel, man. Just let, can I not enjoy the food I've been missing out on for 10 years. Can I enjoy that for a couple of years, please?
0: No, you cannot. And of course, like I said, the always greatest irony is that everything that tastes good is bad for you. And everything that doesn't taste good is good for you. That's correct. Like, that, that is God's cruel joke on the world right there. Well,
2: you know why it tastes good. Like, can you imagine if Snickers
0: made it. taste it terrible? And if, uh, like broccoli tasted like Snickers, I mean, yeah. how much, how many every
2: day? But that's kind of the problem that we're dealing with now yeah. with these processed foods. They yeah. make it taste you, good, you but you got to be careful. You got to be there's careful. something in it that's making it do that. So. Yeah. Like,
0: like that, that's my, my meals now. Like, I, I eat a sandwich for lunch. That's, I guess that's a process, right? But like for mm-hmm. dinner tonight, it's just going to be some chicken, some rice. That's, that's all. Last night, it was uh, pork chops and broccoli. Yeah. And then that's what it was. So, yeah. And then, it's like I said. It's 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 just been a process, but I'm very pleased with how it's going. So, Well good. All right. It's mostly sports with Brian. That that I'm probably
2: on. that probably is going to be the most exciting thing that we talk about on this show today. You're not wrong. <laughs> Let's be honest. Have
0: you been listening to to Walker's new podcast?
2: I I, I I watched the video. I, I only watch whenever he has something with with Big T on there. Big when T when Big Tommy great, Walker's obviously. on there, that's when I want to.
0: That's when I tune in. Yeah, they they do that. Tommy every, is they ratings. The, they have the Tommy Walker minute every every Wednesday. But I've been listening to it. It's a really good podcast. I enjoy it. So I think Ty, Titus is a little. Uh, he he knows how to push Brandon's buttons the right way. But but at the same time, Brandon knows how to push his buttons. So it works. It works. Yeah, it's like it's the first real piece of bar stool content I've gotten into. Like I, I I I'll watch some things just to just for Brandon's sake. Or if he's, if there's something funny going around, I might take I might take a look at it. But like as far as actually becoming a listener, this is the first one. So.
2: Well, congratulations! Yeah,
0: to him, he finally got yeah. he finally got my attention. Congratulations, Brandon! And only this is going
2: to be the one that puts years. him over the top.
0: Yeah, this is this is this will be the one that where he's like, okay, now I feel comfortable in my own skin there, and I can you know stop being such an idiot. All right. <laughs> We say all that to get to Mississippi State versus Alabama. We talked in great detail yesterday, Robbie, about uh, about this game and about how Mississippi State, you know, the way they need to play it. They need to play it with with with, the, with really nothing to lose. You know, I, I, the idea that play with a chip on your shoulder. Nah, there's no chip on your shoulder. People saying that Alabama's better than you. That's not a chip on your shoulder. That's just the truth. What's our guy La Knight say? That's not an insult. That's just a fact of life. But, yeah, yeah, but th- to play loose and play aggressive, that is the, the the key for Mississippi State. So let's do this podcast from this perspective. let's let's do this preview from the perspective of state gets some things to work against Alabama offensively and defensively. So what does that look like? So what does it look like offensively if state gets things to work?
2: I think that you have some balance. I I don't think you're going to be able to come out there and throw the ball all around the yard on them. Yeah, Um, They're too good of a defense. They'll they'll be able to adjust to that, keeping them off balance, running the football a little bit, hitting some big plays. It it feels like they're going to have to, you know, be able to run just a little bit in this game, find some seams there. Um, They're going to have to block really well, obviously, up front to do that. And then that's going to open up some of the passing game. But I I feel like they have to be balanced in this game. We've seen this offense against Alabama – not this offense particular, Mississippi State's offense against Alabama in which they were one-dimensional both ways, and it didn't work. They've had an offense where their, you know, heavy run did nothing. They've had an offense where their heavy pass did nothing. So, you know, maybe a little bit of both being unpredictable – do do things differently on predictable downs, that's probably the best way to have a chance to have some success on the offensive side of the ball. And you're gonna have we talked about it on Thursday. You're gonna have to have some trick plays, some, you know, fly by the seat of your pants kind of stuff mm-hmm. on offense to open things up against this defense. I, I don't I don't see this offense coming out and scoring thirty plus. Right. So I, I don't know how often that's going to happen, but can, a few times during the game, can they have a big uh, reverse or you know wide receiver pass or something? I, and I always
0: think you know when you say trick plays, I think people sometimes overthink that. Like sometimes just a simple end around, like you just mentioned, there is that that's enough just to get guys flowing one way and then hit them back the next. You've got a guy in, in Tulu Griffin who if he has a little seam. You have another guy in Xavier Thomas, and I think he got one in Creed Whittemore. That can take a small seam and make a big play out of that. You know, it doesn't have to be some ridiculous, you know, flea flicker double reverse. It just it just needs to be something that you didn't have on film before. Um, You know, I look at last week in state, and state has four hundred eighty seven yards passing. I think Mississippi State would very easily be willing to take about two hundred yards passing off of that total if you could. If you told them they could have it in rushing yards, because at that point, I think now you are talking about. A, a formula to win. I I I don't know how successful state will be in running the football this year. The offensive line has not been great. And Alabama's defensive line is outstanding, but they've got to be more successful running the football than they were a, a week ago. Are you surprised that, you know, it, there really hasn't been much rotate for all the rotating that state does at every other position. They don't do much of it at running back. It's just been Woody marks for the most part.
2: Yeah, that has been a little bit of surprise and, you know he he got banged up again the other day yeah i mean i i just don't know if he's going to be a guy that you're going to be able to expect to run the football 20 times a game that i, I just don't know if it's going to happen we've, we've seen him take an absolute beating over the years it's going to be tough um yeah i mean this is I, I thought we'd see a little more seth davis than we have mm-hmm. uh you know, we, obviously, Simeon Price has been uh, banged up. Kevon Lee hasn't really done anything. A nothing. I mean, where's Jeffrey Pittman gone since the Arizona game? What's happened with him? Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I realize that, you know, he's down the list a little bit, but after the Arizona game, he had the big run, or the big catch and run. I mean, where, where has he been? He's got three carries the last two games mm-hmm. for eight yards. So I mean, you got guys there. I feel like you got to utilize your your rotation there a little bit more, and I guess it plays into what I said at the beginning of the season when I thought that Jaquavis Marks was going to hit a thousand yards this year. Mm-hmm. That's that's very much in play, and it's played in a lot like how I thought it would, and he would be the lead back for Mississippi State, and they give the bulk of the carries to him. But I didn't think it would be this much. Um he had twenty four carries against Arizona and then he was going for a bigger day against South Carolina and got banged up. So I you know, I don't know. They got to figure that out. They gotta figure out the rotations there and be and better utilize that, I think.
0: What about defensively? What does this game look like if I say that it was successful for Mississippi State?
2: Ooh, uh creating turnovers. If they get three or four turnovers, um, I think that's that's probably your best shot. Man on man, I just don't know if State's going to be able to stay on the field. I guess stay off the field would be the best way to say that consistently because the last couple weeks have been rough, man. Um, I mean, the defense just – the the identity of this defense has fallen, and that's not an area where I was really concerned with coming into the season. They're giving up 27 points a game. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, that's, that's way too high. Yeah. That's way too high. And in the first two ball games, you've given up 40-plus and 30-plus to LSU and South Carolina. That does not bode well with what you got coming down the stretch here. And I, I realize Alabama has not been great on offense – but they're still Alabama in that they have five stars across the board, and Mississippi State's still going to be outmatched out there defensively. And I don't feel comfortable enough in the scheme right now to say they can find a way to scheme it up. Last year, year before, and the year before that, yes, they schemed it up. They had they hid their deficiencies at times. They outplayed the other team at times. We haven't seen that this year. This defense has really struggled. gave up twenty four against Arizona, and I think. 500 yards, and then the, the last two weeks have just progressively continued to get worse. You know, this This is just like a, the – I guess the pessimist to me just feels like Alabama's about to figure it out on offense yeah. against Mississippi State. You're hitting them at the exact wrong time, which always seems to be the case for Mississippi State, whether it be Bama coming off a loss or Bama finding its identity, whatever. State always seems to find them at the worst possible time. So – it, to me it's you got to get some things created either by what bama does or what you guys do on defense forcing some turnovers you've got to, to force negative plays and turnovers in this game to have a shot yeah I, I don't think just i don't think you can expect a three like three and outs stuff like that holding bama ac- across the other end of the field i think the best way for mississippi state to have a chance in this ball game is turnovers or penalties or whatever Bama making mistakes.
0: And when when you think about turnovers in this game, it's not like you have Emmanuel Forbes out there and he can just make a superior play and do that. If you're going to force turnovers, it's either going to be through a bit of luck, which is what happened in the Arizona game. You had two deflections go for interceptions, or it's going to be because you've put Milrow under pressure and forced him into bad decisions. You know, that's the idea of Milrow throws it, there's good coverage, and you get the pick. Seems unlikely with the way this defense has played this year. So it's got to be a case of Milrose rushed, he fires the ball into coverage, and that gives you the opportunity to to get the pick. So we'll see if, if that's that that's the case. I think another key for Mississippi State in this one is special teams. And we, we haven't really talked about it. People have been hitting us up on Twitter, but State's got to sort of take the the restrictions off of Tulu Griffin on these kickoff returns. You know, I understand if it's six, seven, eight yards in the end zone, don't that's fine. Let it go out the back one yard deep in the end zone, two yards deep in the end zone, he needs to come out of the end zone with those.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I've I've been on the board with that for a while. And the reason is is because you're not dealing with a normal kick return specialist. This guy's special. He is obviously, to me, the best that's ever done it at Mississippi State back there. And every single time he brings one back – whether it be at the goal line or the one yard line it's not always at the five or something i mean he's what 2 yards away from where he might normally bring it out of the end zone in that situation and he's returning these 33 yards of return in his career every single year he's averaged 30 plus in a kick return mm-hmm. so at the very least I'm, and there's been very few that have been you know 25 yards or less mm-hmm. for him that I, I mean Maybe twenty yards or less. He's routinely bringing these to the thirty-yard line. At the worst, twenty-five-yard line. The worst that's going to happen for you here is you get the ball just behind the twenty-five. Yeah. That I, I don't. I don't foresee him catching it three yards deep in the end zone and and barely making it to the fifteen. You know, and they've covered really. I mean, they've blocked really well too, and special teams also. So it, it's it might be time to say, you know what, we need a spark. Our offense yeah. struggles. Let's see what we can do here. This is the best playmaker we have on the team. Yeah. Anytime the ball is in his hands, there's a chance for electricity. Do whatever it takes to try to produce it. And if you start at your own 20, that's five yards back from where you would start if you let the ball hit. And I guess the frust- frustrating thing is a lot of these that are hitting in the end zone are like two yards deep. Like It's, it's not like they're being kicked out of the back. Right. So you know, maybe stand a couple yards deep in the end zone. If it's over your head at that point, then yes. But he's one of those guys. I'm taking the restrictor plates off of him and letting him go. Yeah. But, like if you feel like you can take this one back, go.
0: All right. We'll do our playmakers and our predictions after the break. But before we go to that, let's uh, let's go to this interview. I talked to John Talty, Bama 24/7, earlier this week. Had him on the live show. Uh, Let's go ahead and bring that interview here, get his thoughts on the Crimson Tide and what he expects to see Saturday night at Davis Wade Stadium. Very pleased to welcome to the show my buddy John Talty, running Bama 24-7, one of the top college football reporters in all of the country, in my opinion. Plus, just just a genuinely
1: nice guy. This is the best introduction I've ever gotten. I have Any I have I've ever done.
0: I have crushed you for so many years. You know, I feel like at this point I owe it to you just to be nice for for a few minutes here. So,
1: <laughs> you were kind of my hazing uh when I moved to the South. <laughs> you and your cousin get giving it to me pretty good.
0: You deserved every bit of that. that you <laughs> would act like that that you did not. So, John Talty, AL. I'm sorry, not AL. I'm 20 Bama 247 and as you see, if you can see it right there in the background, he wrote a book on Nick Saban, which if you have not read it, I, I give it my highest recommendation. I don't read a lot of books. I read that book. It was really good. I thought it was it was very interesting. This Alabama team is interesting. And when I look at Milroe and I look at Will Rogers, kind of like cut from the same cloth, but it's a different kind of cloth in that. Milrose this great runner and he's trying to figure things out in the passing game. And, and Rodgers has been a great passer, but there's no running the football with Will Rogers. I thought last week State called plays to help Will Rogers. They, 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 they put the play calling in his wheelhouse. Can Alabama do that with Jalen Milrose? Does their offense suit him enough that so they can just say, let's do what he
1: does best? I don't think it's a perfect fit, but I think that you're going to see more and more of that have to happen. I think the fact that you know, last week Nick Saban, you know, came up pretty strong that Jalen's our guy, I think was, you know, sending a message, not only externally, but I think internally of like, it's stop messing around. We got to figure out how to win with Jalen. This is the guy that gives us the best shot to win. This is the guy that we trust the most. So I think you saw some signs of it against Ole Miss. I think there's still a desire to see more of that uh, moving forward. And so I think it's going to be one of the real question marks, I think, for what what's the ceiling of this Alabama team is can they do a better job of utilizing what Jalen does because he's just one of those guys and maybe Will Rogers you feel the same way but he's one of those guys who in a, the same series can do something that you're like wow this guy is awesome this is what he does and then he'll do something else like oh my gosh this guy is so bad like how could he do that you know and we saw that yeah. against yeah. Ole Miss a decent amount yeah
0: with uh with with Milrow, I was I made the comment a couple of times on Saturday that if Dan Mullen was the offensive coordinator at Alabama, they would be unstoppable. I mean that guy is the most Mullen quarterback I've ever seen. He he's like a a, a platinum plus version of of uh, of Chris Relf. Yeah. yeah, just can run the football, powerful, great runner, but got the big arm too. I I, I wish Alabama. Oh, I say I wish. I'm, I'm not this weekend, but I, I wish Alabama would would find a way to to just sort of funnel their offense a little bit more through what he's strong at. They would be a lot better, I think.
1: Well, I can tell you something real, not to cut you off, but I Go can ahead. tell you after multiple games so far this year on the message board, people have been asking for Dan Mullen. So the Alabama fans oh. who are probably not big Dan Mullen fans in general, are like, we need this guy. Cause he would be able to ah, do well, it. Well,
0: you know, if I can get in there and evaluate <laughs> him, I'll, I'll take a look. I'll take a look at the job. I take over for Nick when he leaves. Um, What's your best guess? Because I know Saban has never come out and said, why, why did he sit the South Florida game?
1: It's a great question, you know, and I don't know if anyone will ever really tell the truth on it, to be honest with you. What, what my read on it is a couple things. You know, his public answers don't make complete sense to me, to be perfectly honest, that essentially he just promised all of them that they would get a shot. Um, if you remember... In that book that you referenced earlier, uh, there was a whole chapter about how Saban does not like promise anything except opportunity. So and that's been his thing for his entire run was that he's never going to promise a starting job or any of those kind of things. So it was a bit peculiar to me to hear him say what he did. What I think happened just from talking to some different people is that obviously they did not love their options after the end of spring. Nobody really won the job. They bring in Tyler Buckner, who has all the connections to offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. And I think that from what I like what I've been told, like Tommy just loves Tyler Buckner, thought very highly of him. I think that there was some internal Saban like Jalen. I think Tommy Reese might have liked Tyler Buckner. And there was a little bit of like, okay, we'll play your guys and we'll see what happens. And then I think the way that it played out, it made it even easier. For Saban to say Jalen's our guy, and Jalen had won the locker room. He was definitely the most popular of the three in the locker room, and I think Saban does value those kind of things. Um, but it just, yeah, the spin afterwards does not make complete sense to me. And just knowing how he does things a little bit. So
0: the offensive line for Alabama. I mean, I know these are four star, four star, five star recruits. Right? I know the talent is there, but they're they're just not clicking. For whatever reason that they're giving up a lot of pressure Uh they're they haven't, they ran the ball pretty well against Ole Miss, but they're not the, the old Alabama just move you off the ball offensive line. Why isn't this unit as good as its recruiting profile? I guess says it should be.
1: I don't know. I mean, I really don't. I mean, it doesn't. It, it's all salty, everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's the answer that you want. Expert opinion. Don't know. But I mean, just think about there are people and you know who I value and like like Cole Kulich, who I feel like were very high on this offensive line coming into the season. I mean, there was a lot of positive buzz about what they were going to be able to do this year, and we just haven't seen it and I think that there's still potential there. I think there's individual guys who will probably be drafted very highly in the NFL draft down the line, but as a unit, they have not played very well and what I come back to and this is probably just a simplistic dumb football guy take here but I feel like so much was made about how big they were and how big they got and how much they weigh and how they're going to push people off and I keep coming back to the Jurassic Park situation that like they were so interested about whether they could not whether they should get that big and that's that's how I just feel like they're just they're kind of big and slow like it feels like they don't have the power that should come with being that big and then they don't have the agility to deal with some of the this, this speedy pass rushing that they're facing. So it just feels like a, a just a weird unit so far.
0: I got a Star Wars reference out of Ben Portnoy last week, and now I got a Jurassic <laughs> Park reference out of you. These interviews are killing. I mean, I'm really enjoying myself. Um, Alabama defensively, they're really good. I don't know that we'll ever see the old, like, oh nine, 9 10-11 defenses that they have, but but they are really good defensively. They slowed Ole Miss down to a point where we haven't really seen the Rebels like that in the past few years. Can Mississippi State be successful against this Alabama defense?
1: Well, it seems like people were encouraged by how they played against South Carolina, right? So I think that that gives you a little bit of hope, maybe. I don't know. Would you say that you have hope right now, Brian?
0: Hope is a dangerous thing, uh, John.
1: Well, as a New York Jets fan, I would say hope is the most dangerous thing. Uh, (laughs) But... I mean I, I do I think felt so this, bad
0: texting you that night.
1: I do think that this defense is really really good and I think that they are strong now they're, they're dealing with some guys who are banged up, which I do think can have an impact but I think their secondary is very strong. I think that you're seeing less bus the way that we did I think under Pete Golding and I think that it, I don't know if they've just simplified things but like outside of a couple of times where call seem to come in late, it just feels like they're just they're not having those terrible moments that we saw happen a few times last year, especially. So I think that from top to bottom they're very strong. Like you said, the days of two thousand nine I think are over. Uh, they just played differently back then, but I think this defense can keep them in any single game. It's gonna be very hard to score against, um, and I, I think that the, the weakness is probably up front a little bit. They don't do that. You know, they don't have those dominant defensive linemen that can kind of create havoc on their own that they're having to get a little more creative and using dallas turner and some other guys to try to create pressure that's probably the one weakness of that defense but as a whole i mean it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge you know i i wouldn't be surprised to see you know will rogers throw a bad pick or two in this game
0: I wouldn't either. I, mean, I think the last time they were here in Starkville, he, Will Rogers threw, I think, three interceptions in that game, a 49-9 to loss for Mississippi State. So this is what we've been talking about on the podcast all week, that in the last five years, you know, since since the 2017 game where State had, had an opportunity to beat Alabama. Since that game, everybody in the West has either beaten Alabama or at least had a game where they were plus you know, 20 points or so on the scoreboard. State in the last five years has scored 22 points on Alabama total. Uh, they've only scored one touchdown in the last three years, and that was on the last play of the game uh, a season ago uh, in Tuscaloosa. The series has not been competitive at all. Can this game, in, in your opinion, can it be competitive? Can we go into the fourth quarter and say, Bama needs to do something here and put this team away?
1: Well, I thought it was interesting that Nick Saban said that he thought this was potentially a more challenging game than the last two they've faced, which might have been a little bit of a trolling shot back at Lane Kiffin after all he did last week. But I thought that was, that was interesting. You know, I think this Alabama team is not capable of really blowing out anybody. So I think from that sense, could I see the game tight heading down the stretch? I do. Uh, I do think Alabama will win this game. Uh, I think that they're starting to round into form a little bit. I mean, last week just felt like such a make or break game for them where either everyone was going to declare the dynasty dead right, or they're entering where they are now. It's like, okay, they might have found their footing a little bit. Um, But I, I've always wondered, and maybe this is a discussion for another podcast, but I wondered in part for what you're saying there was that I feel like Mike Leach in particular gave Mississippi State a floor, but I think he also gave them a ceiling. And I, I just felt like For what he did, like I don't feel like Saban was ever that worried about it. I don't know. Like He would say publicly he was, but I feel like he was just like, I can figure this guy out, and I'm going to be able to stop it in a way that Mullen could do some other things that I felt like at times gave Alabama problems where they're just going to muck it up, and it's going to be close down the stretch. I just never felt like Leach was going to knock off Saban.
0: Yeah, I I definitely felt that way as well, and and the results really bared that out for us. John Talty, Bama 24-7, man. Thanks so much for your time. I know I'm not going to see you this weekend, but I send my love to you there in the in the great state of Alabama.
1: I'm giving you a big hug here from Alabama.
0: Appreciate that. All right, thanks to John. Appreciate his time. Let's move on into our playmakers and predictions. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. I saw. I just saw a video. So I I don't do Reddit. I don't do a lot of Reddit, but I do. I'll get their barbecue forum every now and then. Yeah, have you seen these beef hammers? Have you seen these things?
2: Like, are they like mallets?
0: Well, no, it's 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 a cut of beef. I think it's from the leg. It's like the leg of the cow. So they have the, you have the bone exposed, but then there's like a big chunk of meat around the bottom, and it looks like a hammer. Oh.
2: I thought oh. you meant like something you hit.
0: No, no, no. It's, it's called a beef hammer is what they're called. Oh. And uh, this guy had smoked it, and it was like falling off the bone. I was like, where do I get one of those? So if you're in Starkville and you can tell me how to get one of those, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening to what you have to say. Because I'm I, sounds I, good. Because I want to eat one. I'll be honest with you. I want to. I want to cook that. Uh, my my guess is that's a long day of, of, of smoking. But so be it, guys. It's just this simple beef. Nothing beats it on the grill. There's nothing better than the steak, a burger, brisket, tri tip on the grill. So this weekend and any weekend, if you're firing up the grill, throw some beef on there. Beef. It's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find the smoked southern soul food that you guys are looking for. This weekend, if you're going to be in Starkville, you know you need to make a trip to Two Brothers. Great place to be on Saturday before the game. Watch some college football and eat some great, great food. And then at the night, when the nighttime comes around, Friday night, if you want to go out and have a good time? Two Brothers is a great spot for that as well. And don't forget, they're also a bulldog initiative business. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great service. Every business likes to promise it to you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems, and they have for 48 years. Just that simple, guys. People you can trust. People you know here in Mississippi. People who, if you have a problem, they're going to be on the phone with you when you call, and they're going to be able to fix your problem quickly. A lot of times, even the same day, because they're in Mississippi just like you are. So when you need technology for your business, why don't you give them a call and find out what 48 years of experience can do for you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. You may have seen my tweet on uh, Thursday from The Rogue. They have a great new shipment of interlocking MSU gear in, polos and pullovers. They look fantastic. They've got the great logo that you're looking for. You need to hit them up. Peter Millar polos, maroon, white, black, and gray. And I think they said they had some black and maroon pullovers coming in as well. Fantastic looking stuff. It's got the logo that you want. What more do you need? Hit up the Rogue in Jackson, or you can shop online at the therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. What do you got for me, Robbie? Who's your offensive playmaker?
2: I'm going to Luke Griffin. Mm. Um, last week was an absolute spark for Mississippi State. We've been clamoring for years, get the ball in his hand, get the the ball in his hands. Well, he's got 20 catches through four games. He's halfway to the mark that he had last year, and that was in nine more games. So he's going to have a career year this year, and as much as he's gotten the ball so far, he needs it more. He's averaging 15 yards per touch on the offensive side of the ball. That's not counting what he does in, in the kick return game, which is 31 yards. So this is a guy that every time he touches the ball he's got a chance to make a big play for you and this is another big game. You got to get the ball in his hands. Find him in 1 on 1 uh positions with a guy on him, get him in space somewhere and he's going to kind of help your offense really expand I think this week if you're able to do that. So for me it's it's got to be him. You got to get the ball to him down the field. You got to get get it to him in w- really whatever way that you can and um, and see if he can make a big play for you
0: yeah i mean that, that's, I mean, that, that, that's that... you and i are on the same page with this i, I was going to pick tulu as well I, I like what they did last week getting him the ball vertically what i want to see now is to find some more designed plays that are designed for him short passes where he can get it in space and turn and, and and get up field more of him in the running game and then like we mentioned a few minutes ago more of him in the return game as well put the ball in his hands. I mean, like you said, if you're averaging fifteen yards a touch, you need touches. You I know, mean, he should be getting the ball in his hands at minimum ten times a game, probably closer to fifteen. And and whatever you got to do to do that, do it. Do it because that's your best playmaker. Uh this is the you know, we all we heard all season was this offense is find the best playmakers and get them the ball. Show me. Show me. Put those guys on the field together and, and make it make it happen. All right. Defensively, what do you say?
2: I'm going with Nathan Pickering. Uh, This might be a little bit of a surprise, but Pickering leads the team in quarterback hurries Mm -hmm. this year at nose tackle position. He's been one of the few guys that's been able to consistently get into the backfield. Uh, He's got two sacks on the season. He's actually fourth on the team in total tackles, so he's been a guy that stopped the run as well. I think he's going to be huge trying to set the tone up front, push the offensive line back. Force Jalen Milro to make a mistake. You got to get some pressure on Milrow. You cannot allow him to stand in the pocket or to get loose and run around. It's one of the, it's very similar to what you did with Jane Daniels, but I think that this is a guy that's a little more combustible than Daniels right now. He's somebody that can make some mistakes. You got to get to him, and I think Nathan Pickering's a guy that can help you get there by putting some pressure in the middle of that line, and you also can disrupt what they do running the football inside the tackles with Nathan Pickering.
0: I'm on kind of the same page with you again. I'm on the defensive line, but as I said earlier, I think State has really got to do a, a good job of pressuring Milro. One of State's best pass rushers this year has been Deontay Anderson. And we talked earlier this week that maybe it, it, this is the time if you, you know, they talked all offseason about going to a four man front. That would pre- present an opportunity for Deontay Anderson. Plus, we don't know how healthy DeMonte Russell is going to be for this one. I think they expect him back, but I think Anderson could be a big, big part of what State wants to do this week. They've got to get after Jalen Milrow. Anderson has been one of their better pass rushers. We talked about him in the offseason. He was a guy who really showed out in preseason camp that needs to translate here. And I mean, I, I know it's Alabama I know it's a big ask for a young player, but this is why you, this is why you recruit him. This guy was a four star, an army, all American. It's time to start living up to that, that recruiting profile. They need Deontay Anderson to show up on Saturday. What do you got for a, uh, an X factor?
2: My X factor is going to be, um, I, I was thinking defense, but I think I'm going to go offense. Cause I think state's going to have to score some points. Mm-hmm. And my goal for Mississippi state is 14 points can they get the 14 this year wow can they score two touchdowns wow that's that that is a it's a big ask that is a big ask is it but it is for the Mississippi state team the Mississippi state has not had a passing touchdown against Alabama since
0: 2015 wow uh, no they didn't they didn't score a touchdown in 2015 2014.
2: Was it 2014? Mm-hmm. Almost 10 years.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I could be wrong on that. But I, I'm not remembering a passing touchdown.
0: Oh, you got me you got me curious now. Last year was a running touchdown.
2: Yes. I'll find it. You keep 2019. Going. 2019 was a running touchdown, if I'm it's not mistaken. Kyle, in Kyle Hill. I know that, yeah. So Mississippi State has really struggled to score points, period. And I think this is the year that they finally get that passing touchdown again. Will Rogers, I think, can throw one or two in this one. And that would be huge for Mississippi State taking a step just to get 14 points. I think Justin Robinson is going to be a guy that can that can do that, that can win a one-on-one battle. We've been kind of waiting for him to really come out. I thought he had a really good game against South Carolina, almost had 100 yards receiving in that ball game. This is a game where if he's in one-on-one coverage, maybe he can make a big play for you. I'm going with him as my X-Factor, finishing drives in the red zone because getting in the red zone has not been the problem for Mississippi State against Alabama. It's scoring points down there. And I think Justin Robinson is a guy that can win those battles, and we'll see if he's able to do it.
0: 14 minutes, 16 seconds – I'm sorry, 15 seconds left in the game, 2014. Dak Prescott hits Jameon Lewis on a four yard touchdown pass to cut the lead to 25 20. That's the last time Mississippi State scored a touchdown through the air against Alabama.
2: Almost 10 years. Yeah. That's yeah. unreal.
0: That really is unreal. Ah, uh, I'm going to the defense for mine. And I said, we state needs turnovers. That means the, the secondary. Yeah. I, you can't rely on your linebackers to get picks. You know, getting Buki and Jeff Johnson getting picks is not. That's not sustainable. You need your defensive backs to show up. Looks like DeCarlos Nicholson may have slid into that second cornerback spot across from DeCamrion Richardson. So I'm going to put it on him. I'm going to put it on him to get a turnover in this game. Maybe one. And State needs to get a turnover that makes a difference, right? It's great if you get a pick as somebody's going into the end zone, it's better to get a pick on their side of the field. State needs a, a pick that puts them in scoring position. So we'll see if DeCarlos Nicholson can be that guy. I think he played – I know he he had that – one. he gave up that long touchdown to Xavier Leggett, but Leggett's a, an outstanding receiver. And they were just fighting, and Leggett won that battle. I mean, it, it happens. But I think Nicholson can can play. I think he's got some speed, which his defense desperately needs. So we'll see. Uh, that's who I'm going to go with for my X-Factor. 14 points is your goal, huh? What's what's your prediction?
2: Oh, I got um Alabama, I think – Covers the spread, which is down to twelve. I think. I think Bama wins at thirty-four to seventeen.
0: Woo! That's the that's the kind of score. Especially, let's say you know it's twenty-seven seventeen at some point in the fourth quarter, and Bama gets a late touchdown. That's the kind of score that you can walk away from feeling pretty good.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I think I think people would be thrilled with that i I feel like I'm being so optimistic
0: yeah, you are mine's not so much. mine is uh alabama 38 to 13 is my final score. one touchdown and a couple field goals. Kyle Ferry though making a case for all S e c at this point yes, but yeah i just I just don't see I don't see a lot and I, and I could easily see that touchdown being very late being a game it's like 38 six, two minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and state gets its touchdown i just I just don't have a lot of faith in the offense right now. Got to gotta, gotta see it. Got to see it before I do anything else. All right. Next week, Mississippi State, Western Michigan will be the opponent. We will uh, we'll preview all that good stuff. We'll have plenty to talk about next week. Looking ahead two weeks for the off week, I think we're going to do what we did a year ago. I called it the bi-week blitz where we interviewed Coach Jans, Coach Purcell, Coach Limonis, uh, Coach Ricketts. Might try to get Coach Armstrong, too, on from MSU Soccer. They're having a uh, pretty good season thus far. Plus, I want to try to get Zach Selman on. He is he has not done Thunder and Lightning the podcast yet, so I want to see if we can't get him on uh, with us as well. So that'll be that's two weeks away though uh, for uh, Mississippi State's off week uh, in the middle of the football season. Guys, have a great weekend. If you're traveling to Starkville, please be careful. Look forward to seeing you in Davis Wade Stadium, eight o'clock. Hydrate, hit hit up Strange Brew, drink some coffee, get some caffeine, and we'll be ready for football eight o'clock on Saturday for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Supertalk Mississippi.